0: This is PAX What
1: She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie
0: Loney. Welcome back to another episode of
2: the PAX What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And this week, we will not necessarily be talking about playoff football. And that's not just because the Packers are not in the playoffs. It's that we are thinking of other things that we can talk about that don't consist of Aaron Rodgers. And will he or won't he be in the NFL in 2023? So, Today, we will be looking at positions of need for this Packers roster going into next season. This can be players that we think maybe are on the bubble, players, you know, just at depth positions where there isn't a lot of depth, or maybe positions that the Packers could target in the draft. So Perry, first, how are you? And two, why don't you go ahead and get us started with your first uh, position?
1: Sure. Hi, I'm good. Uh, It's (laughs) Monday. It's been raining in New York for about 48 hours straight. So starting to lose my mind a little bit. But here we are. I think let's start on the defensive side of the ball. What do you say? Um, I think originally I had edge, but maybe we just lump this as the entire defensive line because I think there is potential restructure and shuffling when it comes to some of the defensive ends as well. So I think let's start there because when I think of this off season, there's one other position of need that I think comes above edge. And that's what we're going to talk about next. No spoilers. Um, But I do really think that watching Rashawn Gary go down and he's likely going to miss, you know, unless he has some miraculous recovery this offseason, the beginning of the 2023 season, that they need some depth there. And while Preston is a great number two and J.J. and Anagbare really stood out in his rookie campaign, um, I just don't think the depth is necessarily there along the line. So that's like number two, I would say, in terms of needs this offseason. season.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we know, you know, we're not sure if Rashawn Gary will be back to start the season. We're hoping that that's the case. You know, what his rehab looks like remains to be seen and how he's progressing through that. Um, Preston Smith, I think, by all accounts, will be back in the building unless they're doing some weird cost-saving move, but I think he's pretty much locked to be um in that past rush rotation agree with you as well on jj nagbari looking really good but then there's a lot like you said up in the air that's kind of in flux you've got dean lowry as an unrestricted free agent you've got jaron reed who came in on that one-year deal as an unrestricted free agent and then even some of the depth pieces at edge like eric wilson justin Hollins. so even if you're looking at like rotational guys along the line and then the edge group a lot mm-hmm. of those depth pieces are Unrestricted free agents. And of course, you know, the Packers could bring them back. Um, Shouldn't be too costly, really, for any of those names that we listed. But the Packers are already minus 15 million in cap space. They are in the red um, by a large margin. So I think talking about anything financially right now is kind of tricky for the Screen Bay team. I
1: actually think Preston Smith to start there his contract is quite friendly for 2023. So there could be some level of restructuring and getting more into like a signing bonus, but his base salary is 2 million. He's owed 2.4 as a signing bonus. He has a roster bonus of 8.1, but his cap hits about 13. So if you're looking at guys who have you know, high salary cap hits that maybe you can move on from. Like, I actually don't think Preston falls into that category necessarily. Like I said, and if you cut him, you're at a nine, about 9.8 million in dead money. So you are not even really saving much. And I think he brings way more value. Um, So I can't imagine, like you said, that they move on from him at all, but I think potentially a restructure is in place, but I think where we need to start with this, actually, is that Rashawn Gary needs to get extended. Right. And I know his injury maybe puts things, you know, into a weird place, but I can't imagine, regardless of anything, that they're not going to do that. So his cap hit going into 2023 is 10.89, so... 10.9 almost 11 million and so an extension could potentially bring that down and that's kind of a win-win for everybody that's a move that i think that they definitely would like to lock in this off season and besides kenny clark who they also extended and i think they could restructure his deal as well i think everyone else is on the chopping block
0: ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential
2: you're hoping that TJ Slayton makes another jump. He came on really nicely at the end of the season. Devante Wyatt obviously needs a lot more snaps going into his sophomore campaign. He looked really good, but it was very limited. So there's some pieces there that I think right. the Packers can work with and that should kind of help uh, with a lot of that depth. But yeah, Kenny Clark is going to need some help, which feels like it is just a recurring narrative every offseason that we talk about going into the draft.
1: I really hope that Devante Wyatt after what we saw at the end of this season is going to be that guy and like you said, I mean, T.J. Slayton at the end of the season had some really, really nice moments. But you mentioned it earlier, and I think it bears, you know, necessary conversation. Like, I can't imagine that Jaron Reed is back in 2023. So that's losing someone who was a pretty, like, substantial rotational piece. And I also can't imagine that Dean Lowry is back. Um, I think that has kind of solidified itself as, like, the Packers can move on. They obviously drafted Wyatt for a reason, and he played more snaps when Dean Lowry was out with an injury. So in my mind, you know, those two guys are gone, which really only leaves <laughs> J.J. Anibari, Kenny Clark, Wyatt, and T.J. Slayton, which is a really nice four, but the depth is not there, like we said. Um, Jonathan Ford, they're not going to cut a draft pick. Um, the only edge I could see them cutting outright as well is Jonathan Garvin, who is just simply not, producing anything at the moment but again if they're looking for cap space here you know 1.1 million is is not going to really move the needle much and maybe they just keep him for depth but they're just in a really interesting place with this like position group as a whole because they have really heavy on their top guys and maybe the depth guys aren't changing the cap or like adding much to it but they're also not you know adding a ton of talent to the depth as well in return.
2: It's really interesting that you mentioned um, Jaron Reed not coming back because I think if one of either Reed or Dean Lowry comes back, I would put money that it would be Jaron Reed. And, you know, I think, you know, part of that could be because of the Dean Lowry entry. but I just thought he had a really nice season as a rotational piece and the Packers historically, I know Kenny Clark is the vet in that room, but there's a lot of young unproven talent and, you know, If something were to happen to Kenny Clark or to Devontae Wyatt, you know, that position is so thin that if they lose somebody historically, they bring in multiple vets to kind of round out the position. So while I would love to see Wyatt get, you know, the bulk of those kind of number two snaps, I do think that, you know, a Jaron Reed type player, even if it's not Jaron Reed, will be one of those vet signings that we see in free agency that'll come at like a, you know, one million kind of vet minimum price because the Packers are pretty cash strapped right now.
1: Right. So that was going to be my next question is if they were going to add to this position, do you, where do you think it's going to come from? And again, I think this could go for every single position group that we talk about because the Packers cap is in a very precarious situation. But I can see given history and also just the way that it looks like this draft class is shaking out that the Packers take an edge quite early in the draft. And then that leaves room for Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, taking that jump or at least having the snap count space to make a bigger impact because there won't be a Dean Lowry or Duran Reed on the field. Like ahead of them and then developing another edge behind them. That's kind of the route that I see the Packers taking because I mean, look, you, you took Devonte Wyatt in the 28th pick of the draft, like in his second rookie season, I as a red shirt, I can get behind second year is really where, you know, round pick should be contributing to this team.
2: Yeah I know we we've kind of joked on this show before that you know the Packers at pick 15 are very likely to take an edge rusher um, but I could also see it being an interior defensive lineman if one of the better ones mm-hmm. in this class would fall just because I mean that's that's the kind of you know Packers pick where it's one of those like meat and potatoes kind of blue collar positions where they always invest a lot of draft capital and Um, I think the position we're going to talk about next, you know, you could argue would be worth taking in the first round as well. But 15 might be kind of rich for this class. And we'll dive into all that stuff, obviously, a lot later as we get closer to the draft.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.